The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Code of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king God made me punch in accurate numbers My castle won't crumble What I tackle will fumble I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet is up According to me royalty didn't end with king touch Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening a cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes because I'm, I'm a king. Look me in my eyes because I'm a king. Shout out to Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct of the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spencer King, and I am excited to, to uh, I guess, just to have the show tonight in general. I have a very special guest joining me shortly. Uh, Mr. Sal Capaccio of WGR 550. He is the Buffalo Bills beat reporter. And he's all of our favorite member of WGR 550. Uh, so I'm excited to talk to Sal tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the dress rehearsal that we saw over the weekend. We're going to talk about all the issues. I don't think it was Josh. I don't think Josh is a problem um, at all. I think if this is the version of Josh that we're going to get for the season, I think Josh looked decisive. I think Look, you're going to have some people that that look at it as Josh is, uh, you know, has some happy feet going on where he kind of tried to get out the pocket too soon. I looked at it as if the line didn't protect him <laughs> for the amount of time that they should have. So, you know, it, I guess it just depends on how you look at it. I think the offensive line needs some help. And I think it's a serious, a serious, a very serious issue. I think right tackle, as much as I love Spencer Brown, I think everybody knows I'm one of the guys that that like a, a pound table for Spencer Brown. And um, last year I was saying that, it, you know, I think it's his back injury. I think it's his back injury. He can heal up and be the guy that we're looking for. I don't know if I think that that's the case. 
you know, after seeing him uh, this past weekend, I just don't know if that's the case. I'm hoping that it's the case. I, I'm hoping that, you know, this was j- even even overall the the offensive play or the line for the off the play for the offensive line just seemed terrible. Um, and and I'm hoping that this was just something that where it's like, OK, it's the first row action, live action that they got to see against different team. So with with them being able to, you know, get up to speed, it's like, OK, this was the first row action. So we're just not all together. And I'm hoping that what we saw this past weekend is nothing like what we see coming up once the season starts. And I think for the most part, this team has played enough for me to have that that confidence and that comfortability, but I, I am nervous. I, I won't lie that that offensive line, we have to do better. We just have to do better. And there's some options. There's a trade that um, Greg tops it from cover. One is trying to push with the Carolina or the actually the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there's a free agent, somebody that the Buffalo bills are familiar with because they drafted him and Jason Peters. Uh, there's, there's some options out there that we could do some things and to get some people, um, in here to help with our depth or just overall with the starting positions on the offensive line. The other observation for me over the weekend, um, last week, I was excited about the run game. I thought James Cook looked good. I thought um, the other running backs looked pretty good as well uh, with that line. This week, again, I don't know. I don't know if 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 it was just the line for me or if um, – I don't know. I'm looking, you know, obviously everybody's fantasy drafts are coming up and everybody wants James Cook to step up now and be the guy. And the thing is, I think James Cook absolutely can step up and be the guy. I think he wants to step up and be the guy. I just don't know if I have the the faith and the trust in the Buffalo Bills as an organization to run the ball through James Cook enough for him to really be that RB fringe RB1 that everybody expects him to be in this offense. I think he's going to get the ball, but I just I don't know if I trust I don't know if I trust that offense yet enough in the way to say for your fantasy teams, you can get an RB one from the Buffalo Bills offense. Jessica in the comments says uh, she says, Spence, we have time for Brown to get it together. This is preseason to work on things. And she's right. One of the things um, about Saturday after the game, everybody, including myself, everybody runs to Twitter and we have our hot takes or we have our observations of the game. And I do want to remind everybody it is preseason. So, you know, last year, I I believe the Bills were whitewashed in the game. I think they lost the game like 22 to nothing to the Lions or something. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't the Lions because we played them during the season. But we got we got slacked a couple times during the offseason. There's been years that the Patriots have won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady and got beat in the offseason. It means nothing. Uh, But. I think it's important for those of us who watch the game in certain ways. I think it is important for us to look at what is being presented by the Buffalo Bills. And when you look at that offensive line, if you don't have concern, I tell you another area of concern, I'm going to ask Sal about it because you all know I was, if I'm not the loudest and biggest supporter of Tremaine Edmonds over the last few years while he was a Buffalo Bill before he left, I don't know who else was louder. I love Tremaine Edmonds and I made noise about it and I made it very clear that I thought the Buffalo Bills were going to miss him at the middle linebacker position. And listen, I I didn't see I didn't see anything <laughs> that made me feel like it I'm gonna ask Sal about that. Y'all know how I feel. 
Sarah's in the comments telling me to be quiet because she's working on trading James Cook. My bad. My bad. I'll text Rick for you. I'll tell him that James Cook is the dude. He going. <laughs> Shout out to Tracy again. She says it's a huge loss about Tremaine Edmonds. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. So look, before we get, so I, I'm going to get right into it. I want to bring Sal in. I want to talk about the Tremaine Edmonds stuff. I want to talk about the little drama with, uh, with Stefan Diggs, which it really is no drama. Uh, so before we get into it, I just got a couple of announcements really quickly, and then we'll get right to it. Let's get it. Bills Mafia is back. Are you ready for it? The third annual Buffalo Rumblings IPA beer release party is going down September 16th, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Resurgence Brewing Company located downtown at 55 Chicago Street. I'm going to tell you what, you do not want to miss this event. Come out and hang with Joe, Sarah, and the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings crew for the Megapod. You're going to want to bring your questions and be a part of the live stream. Get involved. It's going to be live. And this year, we're also going to have our friends from Fans of Buffalo joining the party and sponsoring the fun. They're going to be in the house to provide you with all the information you need to make your away game day experience the easiest and the most smooth that you've ever had in your life. I can promise you, they, they do their job very well. So make sure you make it out Saturday, September 16th, 6 p.m., Resurgence Brewing Company, 55 Chicago Street. Go Bills! Hey, football fans, the season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. And ladies and gentlemen, there he is. Here he is, the man, the myth and legend himself, Mr. Sal Capaccio. What's going on, sir? How are you? Good to join you. Um, not a myth, uh, not a legend. I um, try to be a man sometimes, but, you know, my my son, you know, he beats me up a little bit, so he becomes a little bit more manly sometimes, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're a wrestling fan, which was news to me. No, right? I'm you're not. not. No, I'm son not a wrestling I, fan. No, no, I watched wrestling when I was a kid. I don't know who told you that. I don't really watch wrestling ever. I feel like I saw a post, and because really, and it wasn't even part of my preparation. It was something that I feel like I saw that you interacted with, which made me bring it up when you just said that he beat you up, because I was going to actually ask, you know, well, well, who's this? Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm thinking about Matt or something with like WrestleMania or whatever. It, it's cool. Probably, it's cool, probably. But... No, no, I will tell you, when I was a kid growing up, I was a big Jimmy Superfly Snuka fan. And I watched mm -hmm. Piper's Pit and all those kinds of things, but I lost touch with wrestling many, many years ago. My son knows a few wrestlers, but we definitely do not really watch it in the house. Like, not that I'm against it or anything like that. It just, yeah, yeah. It, it just consumes too much time with all the other stuff we do. I don't know what what post that was, but it's okay. I'll find it because it was actually I, 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 another bald guy in the media. It's okay. It <laughs> no, I pretty much I, I put it to Sal though, but it's all good, man. Listen, the the, the we're in the thick of things. Like it's happening now. Like the fan base is going crazy. We got media going crazy. We got. It, it's it the season is is right around the corner so um let's jump right into it man yeah. just from the game saturday one of the things that concerned me the most and i'm gonna jump right into it because you know um how big of a fan and supporter i was of tremaine Edmonds, and it is preseason so i don't want to overreact but it's clear that middle linebacker is a position that that we're going to have to 
improve at some point over the season, over the course of the season. What are your thoughts? I, I did read your your arrows up and down, but what are your thoughts um, as far as the middle linebacker position and what we saw for the defense? Well, obviously, it's an area that is concerning right now that, you know, they haven't really had somebody step up and, and be that man and take charge. And Eric Washington talked about this today. He had media availability before practice, and he was specifically asked, you know, about, you know, did you wish that somebody would have just stepped up and take charge? And, and he said, he, they see, he was asked if he was disappointed if no one did that. And his answer was no, like, it's not a disappointment. He said, you can look at it two ways. We haven't really had somebody do that, but we also have guys that are competing and it's hard to separate. Right. So I think that's right. Um, yeah. There's been some times where I'm like, man, you know, if they still had Tremaine Edmonds, you know, maybe that play gets made, but look, the, the bills knew that Tremaine Edmonds was probably going to be out of their price range. Uh, I think they, they made an offer and, you know, or at least were stayed in contact from what I know. And, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. And that was probably something they had prepared for. I think that what most fans are a little upset about is that they didn't do something else about it. But look, from a team standpoint, I try to look at, well, what was the team thinking? They had Tyrell Dotson in this organization who's still a young player who's already started middle. He's already started weak side. And they figure, hey, he's, he knows the system. He's been here. He's had to start games for us. And we've won games where he started. They drafted Terrell Bernard last year in the third round thinking, okay, this is a guy that's going to take a leap in his second year. He's in the system. He knows it. Unfortunately, obviously, he's been hurt. And they, they have A.J. Klein, who always kind of felt to me like a break class in case of emergency guy. He's been with McDermott for a very long time, going back to their Carolina days. Unfortunately, it seems like they are in the break class in case of emergency type mode, though, Spence, because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe it's maybe it's A.J. Klein. Look, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, maybe he's not out there week one and starting because he's still recovering from the hamstring injury. But maybe Terrell Bernard ultimately is the guy that winds up playing and being your primary middle linebacker. It just doesn't maybe happen week one because of the injury. We'll see. It was just, and I'm, I'm sure to most Bills fans, it was just concerning because there were certain plays where, like you mentioned, and it's going to happen, um, and, and it always happens whenever you lose a free agent, that hindsight is like, man, if Tremaine was here, he probably would have made that play. Um, there there was some conversation outside of the, the middle linebacker position. Do you think um, – that our safeties now, you know, there is no secret that they're both older. Um, and we, we got Jordan back on the contract, you know, almost really at the last hour, it seems like. Uh, but do you, do you think, do you feel like our, our safeties are slowing down at all? It, it seemed like the one play that the running back kind of sped past everybody um, brought a lot of criticism for Jordan. Well, look, Jordan's never been a speedster, right? I mean, he's a, he's a great athlete. He's never been super fast guy. I think he took, I think he took a bit of a, a poor angle on that one. He just got caught. And, you know, he got beat and guys are getting older and they're not going to be as fast as they get older. But, you know, the advantage of having these safeties is they know this defense inside and out. They're still tough as nails and they're still very good athletes. But, yeah, I think as as you get older, that's always going to start to happen and start to creep in. I think it showed itself a little bit more in that play because he was the kind of the last line of defense and he was coming up to make a play in the hole and didn't take a great angle. If you look at that play, too, I think the Steelers did a good job of outflanking the Bills. They Micah Hyde actually came down into the box because he saw a strong side on the other way, which would have been the defensive left offensive, right. And then they brought motion that way, which took another guy, Taron Johnson away from the play. It was really four and three blocking. So, you know, those things are probably things that don't necessarily happen when you're game planning for a regular season game and say, Hey, when they get this look, this is what we're going to do. Um, that's not an excuse whatsoever. And to answer mm -hmm. your question, yeah, they're getting older. They're not going to be as fast or as athletic as they get older. I still think they're both really, really good. And I think most teams in the league would love to have a Micah Hyde and or a Jordan Poyer starting for them at safety. So, you know, you got to you got to 
take some of those things as they're going to happen sometimes as two guys were getting a little bit older, but I think the positives and good still will far and outweigh the negatives and bad. Yeah. And, and it, like you mentioned at first, I don't, I, I didn't never look at Jordan as a speedster anyway to make those type of plays that um, I think it was a bad angle. And, and I think he just, you know, he just missed it that one time. I, I, I don't um, go into the season thinking that, you know, now it's a weakness. I still look at the safety position as a strength for this team, having Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the defensive line. I know, you know, obviously the question that everybody has about Vaughn, I, I tend to answer that question by saying that I just don't think he's going to be healthy. I'm not a doctor and I'm not the team, so I can't say. Uh, but as much as the team has kind of let anything be known, how are you, uh, feeling going into the season now it's a couple weeks left do you feel like he starts on um pup list or do you feel like hey they might actually feel like he's close enough to where they they activate him and, and we were you know going with this thing with Vaughn well I think there's a difference between he's healthy or not healthy versus he's active or not active if they keep him on pup it doesn't mean he's not healthy um you know they may just want a little extra time because look he is an older player as well this is a marathon not a sprint you want to have him completely ready, healthy, and not banged up when you're playing your most important games in December and January and hopefully into February. I, I think the way this is sounding, the way it's looking, the way it's always looked to me is, especially because of the numbers they have, that he probably starts on pup. But I don't know. I mean, that hasn't been told to us. I, I do know that it's a discussion. I do know that there's not a concrete answer here right now, and they're still working through it. This isn't something that is, you know – they, they're keeping all their secrets unwrapped uh, under wrap, and they know exactly what's going to happen. They may have an idea, but look, Spence, I mean, today he was out there with pads on. I mean, like uh, practice pants pads. Mm -hmm. Can't practice. If he practices, they have to take him off pup. That's a rule. You can't step foot on in, in actual practice. He can walk around like he was. He can't take part in any drills, individual, nothing like that. But he was wearing his practice pants with pads in them for the first time. And to me, that's a sign that he's getting ready to get the feel of that again, right? So just because, though, he isn't active or on the active roster, the 53 as of next Tuesday, doesn't mean he's not healthy. And here's what I mean. So think of it this way too. The Bills, let's say they say, okay, we're going to have him active and ready week one, even though he's not going to play that much. We'll have him practicing because remember, he can't practice either unless he's on the active roster. If he's on pup, he can't mm -hmm. practice. Right. So let's just say they put him on the active roster. They say, we're going to take him off pup, counts on the 53. Won't play that much week one. We'll keep on a pitch count, ramp out a little more week two, a little more week three, kind of let him go. Well, the problem with that is what's, what's the numbers look like at defensive end? Because if you have that philosophy and then someone gets banged up, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, well, guess who's got to play more than you wanted? That's going to be mm -hmm. Von Miller. So I think that's the trick in the game that they're trying to balance and weigh, which is, yeah, we, he's healthy. We don't want to put a ton on his plate until he ramps up a little bit. He's done nothing this conditioning. His head's been in training camp. But I don't know how much they really want to be able to put him in that position to have to play a lot in case something were to happen to somebody else if they do make him active. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. 
so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay. And the, and, and talking injuries, because you, you just talked about if somebody gets banged up, and obviously we all want to see fine. Let's, let's flip it to the other side now, to the offensive line. There are injuries now that we have some concerns with. Um, with the tackle position, I feel like obviously we were a little concerned anyway. We had a, a surprise retirement, which took away some of our depth. Now we have an injury in a preseason game that took him out for the season. So um, what, do you, what do you envision the Buffalo Bills doing about our depth position along the offensive line? And then even to, I guess, as a, a follow-up question to that, um, even with the performance that we had, if we had the depth, do you think the Bills are happy? Because, uh, you know, I think there was a rough performance when, when you look at what we did see um, as far as the offensive line with the Bills this past Saturday. So just overall, you know, how can we kind of go into the season fixing it? And then also, you know, just in general, the, the overall play of it, are we happy with that even if we had the depth? No, I don't think they played very well on Saturday. Those things are going to happen. Look, I mean, being down on the field, I'll tell you the Steelers, I mean, that was a they were energetic, they were ready. Let's remember, that's their only home preseason game of the year. It's against a Super Bowl caliber favorite type of team in the Buffalo Bills, a team that crushed them a year ago. I think the Steelers wanted to have a good showing, and I think they came out and they were ready to play. I don't think the Bills were, quite frankly, as much. Mm -hmm. And that's not an excuse. They should have been. Anytime you step on the football field, you should be ready to play. But I do think they had an energy and an intensity and a purpose that the Bills did not have that you know is disappointing, but in some ways a little bit understandable, at least from the Steelers' side, the way they approach the game. That said, I think all that added up to a pretty poor performance um, by pretty much the entire offensive line. I guess you, know, you could say it's Osiris Torrance looked pretty good. They weren't that bad in the interior, but on the on the outsides, we know that Spencer Brown had some problems. He had a few penalties. One of them shouldn't have been a penalty. The block in the back to me was an egregious call. Should not have been a penalty, but he didn't play well enough anyway. He had a couple penalties. Look, I Brandon Shell probably would have made the team, but I don't think it was 100% certain. He was a nice backup depth piece to have, but I'm not even positive he was going to be the main backup. Tommy Doyle's different. I think Tommy Doyle would have been a really nice piece to have because he's a tackle, he's a guard. Remember, he tore his ACL last year playing guard because he was filling in for so many guys in that Miami game. I mean, so I think that's a, a significant loss, obviously, as far as the depth. But they still have their starters. Right tackle Spencer Brown, left tackle Deion Dawkins. They really like Ryan Vandermark, I think. Ryan Vandermark was an undrafted free agent by the Colts a year ago. He was waived at the end of camp, and the Bills claimed him. He's been in their system for a year. He's worked with Aaron Cromer for a year. I think Ryan Vandermark suddenly becomes your backup swing tackle, essentially. I think that's what's going to wind up happening here. And they still have David Questenberry. Now, he's, you know, he's a, I guess, a, an average-type player. You can get by with him in spot duty. He's not a guy you're going to rely on for 17 games. He was actually the guy that got beat when Josh got hurt against the Jets, not blaming him. But, you know, I mean, that's if people remember, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be shutting down, you know, the edge rush, the best edge rushers in the league. But he's a guy that's put a lot of time in this league and he'll be able to start. So you have him. I think what they're also going to do, Spence, is I think they're going to look at the waiver wire next Tuesday as soon as all these guys are mm -hmm. released, see who shakes free. I mean, you think about it. It's only one cut down day this year. So you go from 90 to 53 all around the league that's like 300 players who are going to be available essentially in theory at the same time. 
out of those, I think the Bills are looking and looking and looking at tackles and saying, who can we bring in here that can upgrade our depth and, you know, go from there. There is one other option. It's not the best option, but at least they do have some flexibility even on the outside with Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates, the fact that Osiris Torrance has looked so good, I think means he starts at guard, and that really allows you to have Ryan Bates as your your backup interior guy. But he also he can play tackle. He did it in mm-hmm. camp preseason, never in a regular season game, but at least that's an option you have if you really need in a pinch to have somebody. Shout out to uh, the guys over at Cover One. I know you, you and Eric uh, now do your – uh, guide to the gridiron show if you get if those listening uh by podcast or those watching vidcast if you haven't checked out the guide to the gridiron pod that that sal and eric do it's phenomenal so please check that out but i bring that up to say um greg from cover one has been championing championing yeah, i can't talk today but he's been pushing <laughs> this uh this possible trade how do you feel about the the possibility of uh josh jones from arizona he's an early draft pick that doesn't look like he's going to start. He's a starting caliber tackle. Uh, do you feel that there's a possibility that they might actually trade for somebody? I know I agree with you. I think the waiver wire is probably the, ba- the way to go so you don't have to use assets. But how do you feel about something like this? Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime, you know, Brandon Bean, he's made trades before. I think I wouldn't discount them trading for a right tackle or trading for a middle linebacker, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think the Bills even have guys on their roster that maybe, you know, we'll see. Are, can they keep all these defensive ends? I mean, can you see them keeping – Boogie Basham and Shaq Lawson and J.J. Vanessa and all those guys, especially with Vaughn. What about Khalil Shakir? Where does he fit in? I mean, there might be guys who have a little bit of trade value on the Bills side if you want to flip them and try to flip them for a player instead of a draft pick. Yeah, I saw about Josh Jones. I, I saw somebody in the national media reporting on him um, a few days ago about it and saying, though, he's you know, he's a younger player and he's not going to start, so he'd probably be available. So, sure, I think that's a, an option that you know has been out there that you know you can look at. But, you know, what's the compensation? What are you looking at? There's a lot of different things that go into that, but certainly I wouldn't rule it out with Brandon Bean. I mean, he's a guy that swung deals before, and he especially would try to take guys that he feels – he, he'll try to take guys that aren't going to make his own team to try to flip them for something. He's done that. I mean, the guy got a draft pick for Russell Bodine a few years ago from the New England Patriots, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. now granted, they also traded away Wyatt Teller. We know that. I mean, it hasn't always worked out. Um, but, yeah, sure. I, I don't think it's just a waiver wire. I just – so it, it wasn't that's not the only way, I think. But I think that right, is right. probably the first option when it comes to Tuesday is let's see who's available. Let's see who's out there that they don't have to give an ass up, asset up for. Um, PJ in the chat says, well, the bills are at the bottom of the waiver wire, though. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, all the teams above them are just going to be claiming every single guy in the waiver wire. Right. I mean, like right. you, you, you most teams aren't going to claim many people at all because you're going to want to get your own players back for your practice squad and things like that. But. I mean, all you can do is put a claim in. I mean, they'll, they'll look, and mm-hmm. if there's a guy that fits, they'll put a claim in. And like you said, it's you got 32 teams. Not everybody – some some teams might go into the season right now saying, hey, no, we're good with our 53 that we took out of camp. Some might be like the Bills where you need a couple – just a couple extra pieces. So that's where you play the waiver wire. Not everybody's looking for a right tackle or a left tackle or anything like that. So I think the Bills have a shot at, at – getting somebody if they're targeting them on the waiver wire as well as trade like like sal and i were were just talking about um arrow up man gabe davis i've been i've been heavy on him i've like last season you know the the drops and i know he had the ankle injury so you know it just depends on what side of the conversation you fall on but this past saturday man he looked like he looked like the gabe davis that bills fans were excited to see last season yeah my Mm -hmm. wife and son were at the game and um Mm -hmm. 
one of the first things she said, she was like, man, they didn't play well. Then she goes, Gabe played really well. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, like, like, so yeah, it, it kind of jumped off. Gabe, Gabe, he's been real strong. He's been real strong ever since camp began. Um, I think he's had a solid camp, you know, he's going into a contract year and I'm, I don't, I'm not suggesting that, Oh, because he's going to his contract year, but mm -hmm. obviously it's important for him to have a big year and the bills, obviously, you know, they, they're going to have a decision to make at some point, whether that's soon or later or whatever on Gabe Davis. But, you know, I, I think that that ankle injury last year certainly impacted him for most of the year. Um, you know, he tried his best to fight through it and you could tell he was kind of bothered by it through a lot of the year. And sure. The drops, They've been talked about. I did a story on this. Speaking of cover one, Eric Turner, you know, provided some real good context with some stats. And I used those in my story about, um, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And one of the things you have to consider with Gabe is he does run like the average depth of target in the league. He's the, you know, runs the furthest. <laughs> it's harder to catch balls further downfield, especially um, in colder weather and nastier mm -hmm. weather once the weather turns in Buffalo. Uh, so, you're talking about a guy who, you know, most of his targets are pretty far down the field and those are just harder balls to complete sometimes. Not saying he should have had a few of them. He should have. Um, but I think Gabe Davis is a really, really good player. Um, he does a lot. He's a good blocker. I think they'll take some off his plate this year by having Trent Sherfield, who I think is an awesome, a really excellent blocker as well, who will be able to fill that void a little bit, allow Gabe to concentrate more on just the route running and catching and receiving and catching part of it. I think they're going to design some things for him to be able to do that. But I really like Gabe Davis so far in uh, camp and preseason. I was actually um, a little not down on the decision making, but I, I, I thought that they could have done more. And now the more that I see of Dawson Kincaid, um, I'd take that opinion back. How how um, how positive are you about Kincaid going into this? I think the kid is phenomenal. I think he he looks great. man. Yeah, I mean, I'm to the point where don't play him Saturday, keep him as healthy as possible because yeah. he should be treated like you treat Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. That's how important I think he is. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not being hyperbolic here. I mean, I understand he's a rookie and that's not normal. Sean McDermott operates, but he's so important to this offense and what he can do. I mean, take a look at those catches he had on Saturday. I mean, the fact is you cannot cover him with a linebacker. You just can't. And if there's yeah. a matchup where he's on a linebacker, the Josh Allen's going to throw it to him. He's going to make the catch. and He's going to get yards after a catch. He's so smooth. He had another, another one at practice today. I mean, Josh drew a ball basically down the seam, and he just so smoothly just reaches out, grabs it, and just stays on his path. Bam, gets upfield, scores a touchdown. It was a, just an excellent play. I think Dalton Kincaid is every bit as advertised of what we had heard he was coming out of the draft, which is not the best pass-catching tight end, the best pass-catcher in the draft, right? The guy the, of all the pass-catchers with the hands, the best pass-catcher, including wide receivers. I mean, we're talking about – Ashton Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers mm -hmm. and all those guys. This guy was considered by many the best pass catcher, and I think that's exactly what it is. And we've already seen this preseason. They've been ramping up that 12 personnel that we talk so much about, and I do think it's going to be a really, really big part of their identity this year with him and Dawson Knox. It's just it was it's incredible to watch. And um, Matt here speaks about the body of work uh, that Kincaid brought. And then PJ talks about how the chemistry between he and Josh Allen is already there. And that's the part that's impressive to me is that, like you mentioned, Sean McDermott, typically we don't see rookies get that type of playing time and stuff. But I really think this season, at least just based off of what I've seen, I look at the way Josh Allen throws the ball to Kincaid the same way that I look at him throwing it to Diggs. I just, I just think that it's part of that offense now that, um, you know, me and Jeremy Poyer actually got into a little debate about it. Cause I, I think he's going to, you know, 
I think he might be the second or third leading receiver on the team this year. I don't, th- and, and I think I know Gabe Davis is in the contract year and I know now this is just all like, you know, well, what ifs and what can't happen, but I think Kincaid is, is that important. And it almost sounds like you almost agree with that, that he's going to be that important to the offense. I think he's going to be one of the top targets. Well, I, think, I think that, I think at the end of the day, like, um, Let's just say we, we've talked about this on WGR. Uh, my co-host Joe DiBiase and I, we've we've kind of debated this back and forth going back a couple of months now. Which is, if I asked you just to take guys from in the slot, if they lined up in the slot, the number of targets they get this year, who would be number one? I think it's Dalton Kincaid. I think Dalton Kincaid winds up with more targets out of the slot than any other player on the Bills winds up total. I don't know if that means the third most targets on the team. I mean, because you're going to have guys moving around a little bit, but I think that's how important he is, that he'll be in the slot He'll be creating that mismatch. You're going to have to either put a linebacker or a DB on him. If it's a linebacker, I think you just can't cover him. If it's a DB, he's going to have the size advantage on him, and then you're going to have a light box the Bills can run in, and that's what the that's the whole point of having, having him. It's the whole point of having 12 personnel, which is you're going to have to make a decision. Pick your poison on defense, and if you want to go light and put a DB, a nickel DB on him, then it's going to be a light box for the Bills to run into with James Cook was facing. If you want to go with a linebacker, then we're just going to beat you with Dalton Kincaid running at a linebacker. Or maybe Dawson Knox running at a linebacker because you decided to, you know, do it the other way. So, yeah, he. I think he's really important. I do think that he's going to have a lot of targets. I think he's in line for a much bigger type of year than most rookie tight ends have. It's, as you know, a tough position to translate. A lot of tight ends come in the league. They don't, they don't do well their first year. Usually takes a few years. I'll give you something, though. I, you might already know this. Do you know what the rookie tight end reception is for the Buffalo Bills all time. The most tight, most receptions a tight end in his rookie year has ever had for the Bills. I want to say something low fifties, maybe probably only 38. Oh, oh, he's going to kill that record. He's I mean, gonna, he has, right? You'd think he would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I, I don't yeah, know. I, team. I would think that most teams Spence would have a rookie throughout their history that had more than that as a tight end, but that's all for the Buffalo Bills, which is incredible. And that I think that, um, I know. So I think that, um, and they haven't had anybody really Dawson had in the thirties uh, a couple of years ago, his rookie year a few years ago, but generally it's been since the eighties that really had anybody like that. I mean, Charles clay came in and had some, and I'm talking just overall, Charles clay was mm-hmm. targeted a lot in tight end, but they haven't really had that particular feature in their offense. And Dawson has kind of ramped it up in the last few years, but I think right away as an impact rookie, and K is going to be something like the bills have, have not had in a long, long time. Man. I'm I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. Um, so two more questions, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. Um, so you mentioned the running backs. You talked about uh, James Cook and Week One in the preseason. I felt like obviously the the offense looked good, so it was easy to say like, "Oh, James Cook is going to be a huge part of this offense. He's going to look great." But then we turn around and then we sign another running back who I don't think obviously is. I don't think he's on the level of. Um, he's not going to threaten a number one or the running the RB one position. He's not doing that, but uh, we signed another running back. Can, can you kind of provide just some insight as to why you feel like that move was important for the bills to make? Who are we talking about? Ty Johnson? Ty. Uh, um, well, I think a couple of things here. I think first of all, third preseason game, you're probably not going to play James cook. You don't want to do that. Damian Harris is coming off an injury. Do you really want a 33 year old Latavius Murray out there either? I think they needed bodies to be quite honest with you. I think they need bodies. Mm-hmm. It's to get them through a game. But here's the advantage. 
whether it's him or Deshaun White, who they just signed as well as a linebacker. And by the way, I was thinking, man, why do they need a linebacker? Well, I go out there today, Dorian Williams wasn't practicing. That's why they need another linebacker. You need bodies. You got to get through this third preseason game to make sure that the guys you don't want to play don't have to play. But the advantage of doing it, too, is um, you bring in a guy now, you get a look at him, and he learns your playbook for about a week. If you have to actually go get someone later in the year, you got that guy on speed dial. You've already had him. You had to look at him. Maybe you don't like him. You don't call him. But that's the advantage of doing it now. It's also like when people see just something to remember for all your listeners and all your viewers here, Spence, which is how many times have you seen throughout a week, oh, my God, the Bills are working out this position. What does that mean? It doesn't right. mean anything. All they're doing, that they they cycle in. They work guys out because you do it now so that if something does happen later in the year, you don't have to go through working them out then. You already got them. You saw them. They know you. You talk to them. You have your pick. That's why you get guys like this now. My, my guess is Ty Johnson is here to help them get through Saturday and basically to make sure that they have a guy that they can turn to and call that has a bit of a knowledge of the playbook later on in the season if they do need somebody, even for practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's a, he's a talented guy. I think, um, I think that's exactly what they're doing. I, I think even you see this throughout the season, like you mentioned, like last year, there were times that we would bring in a guy that was a left guard and then we wouldn't sign him. And then just late in the season, if an injury happens, you just like Sal said, you just want to have somebody on speed dial. Perfect. Uh, perfect explanation. My man John says in the comments that he's been listening to comments of, as of late with the player interviews, uh, we're going to be tempo with the group that goes, from 12 to 10 in the same drive. Good luck with that. I think the offense is going to be scary. And and then this is a great segue to kind of my final question here. I've seen enough from Josh. Obviously he's not going to play Saturday, uh, but I've seen enough from Josh Allen in the moments that we did get to see from him over sure Saturday. He's Saturday. I don't think he will. I just want to say, I don't want to be careful. I was on WGR today and they're like, what's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. Like, could you see Sean McDermott going, Hey man, we did not look good last week. We need to make sure we're buttoned up and I need these guys to play. I I'm not predicting Dang. that's going to happen. I have no idea, Spence. Honestly, I'm not. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't completely <laughs> close the door on that. Man, Bills Mafia would lose their minds. I mean, if, teams are playing. Played. Aaron Rodgers is playing this week. Teams are playing their he starters is. this week. This is Let's remember, there is 2 weeks between this and the the first regular season game. This this would typically be the week starters would play when you have four preseason games. Yeah, it would. It would. But see, I guess my question, because to me, even though the offense didn't quite look good and, and we didn't move, the, Josh did, you know, and I feel like the decision making that we saw from Josh, I think the one question was the the scramble where he kind of ran around too much. It's like Josh's preseason, man. Just go just get down. But but overall, I think Josh looked sharp. I think he 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 was decisive to throw the, to Gabe Davis. that got called back. I think he looked amazing. So I'm hoping we don't see Josh Allen this week. I'm hoping to. And in fact, I'll say this. Matt Barkley didn't practice today. He has an elbow injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 I don't think you want to have Josh Allen out there. Anyway, any, any bumper bruise, you're, you're, then you're, then you got one quarterback left in your roster, right? I mean, yeah. you, you don't want that either. It goes back to the same thing I talked about with Von Miller. Like if you want to rest a guy, like you got to make sure that he's ready to go. That's like a couple of weeks ago. So Taron Johnson doesn't play in the first preseason game and everybody's like, Oh, Taron Johnson, that just goes to show you the, how much they think of him, which is true. But the biggest reason he didn't play is because Cam Lewis was hurt. Like you already have your one of your backup yeah. nickels hurt. You can't get your starting nickel hurt. So you got to make sure that you keep as many guys healthy as possible. So yeah, I think that um I think that I don't think Josh is gonna play. I don't know though. We'll wait to hear from Sean McDermott on Friday. That's when he speaks to the media to let us know. 
Okay. Well, that last question, because I was going to, I'm sorry, Thursday, he speaks to the media. Sorry. Thursday. Okay. So what I was going to say, I think the offense looks, even though, you know, they, the blocking and everything, I think Josh looks incredible. So what I was going to ask you is, um, is there a possibility? And and Jessica kind of alluded to this here in this question here. Um, do we think Andy Isabella sneaks onto this roster? Like, is he the is he the guy that, that sneaks on this year? I know Bills Mafia every year we have a Christian Wade or a Duke Williams or somebody that we fall in love with. But I was excited about Andy Isabella when he came in for the workout. Um, I think his speed and and just certain things that he does can can fit what Josh Allen's talent is. Um, how do you do you see him sneaking onto this roster at all? Please say yes. I have gone back and forth on this a lot. I did a projected 53 myself, which I didn't put out there publicly. And I have him on my roster because I'm trying to get him on too. I, I think that he's done a lot and enough to justify it. Um, by the way, Jessica Tennis. I'm guessing that's not Je- Jessica's last name, but it might be. But I'm thinking, you know, Jessica Pagula was at practice today. Is this Jessica? Maybe he Jessica was. was asking this question. <laughs> Jessica Tennis, right? I mean, I love That would it. be perfect. I love it. Thank you, Jessica. Maybe it is your last name, or maybe you just are really good or love tennis. I don't really know. I mean, I guess I could be. I mean, when I was a kid, so here's a quick story. So when I was quick a kid, story. I played Chictawaga Little Loop football, okay? And they had jackets for all the kids, and they had jackets for the football players. They had jackets for the cheerleaders. And you'd sell candy bars and things like that for a fundraiser, and you get a jacket and all that kind of stuff. So what they did was they put either football or cheerleading and then your name. So you'd say football in your name or cheerleader in your name. So mine said football Sal. So for like two years, I walked around with people calling me football Sal when I was like in sixth grade because that's what it said on my jacket, football Sal. So there you go. So Jessica Tennis, I love it. All right. So anyway. We got um, to update your name. That's your new name now. I know, right? That's football football Sal. Yeah. Of course, been football Sal, but I like to talk about all sports. <laughs> So anyway, I uh, I digress. I'm sorry. I'm taking away from your show. It's all good. No, it's all good. I love the I love the random stories. Those are those work. Why is why I do radio? I just talk too much. So, um, I I really think he can make the team. He's obviously got to play special teams to answer Jessica's question. You know, can he play? He's got. He's a return man. I mean, that's what he does. He is a kickoff return man on Saturday. He can be a punt return man. the The issue I have is when I try to do this, and you bring up Justin Shorter as well. Jessica, which is, can you justify having the same kind of guy, the duplicate enough times, right? Which is Deontay Hardy and Andy Isabella are kind of the same player in a lot of ways. They're small, Mm -hmm. they're return men. They're not that big, they're fast. And then what about Khalil Shakir? I think Khalil Shakir is super interesting. So, I mean, all things being equal, I would say keep Isabella, wave Shakir. Are you ready to just lose Khalil Shakir? Because if you wave him, he's getting claimed. You're not getting him back on the practice squad. He hasn't been in the league four years. Someone's taking him. That's why I say, could you think that maybe about trading him? Would someone take something? Would take him and give you something? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the way to do it because the same thing with Justin Shorter. If they waive Justin Shorter, there's a pretty good chance someone's going to claim him. It doesn't have to be. They can get him back in the practice squad maybe, but if someone claims him, you don't get him back, and that's a wasted fifth-round pick for a guy that you really felt could come in here and be your new Jay Kumaro maybe, you know, as a wide receiver and a gunner on special teams. So. I think it's close. I think it's tough. What do we know? We know it's going to be Diggs, Davis, Hardy, Sherfield. They are making the roster. You got to find two spots for Shakir, Shorter, and Isabella. And not to mention, by the way, I think Tyrell Shavers and Keyshawn Johnson have both looked really good. And they put Keyshawn Johnson back to return punts. I think this is a pretty deep room overall when you take everybody and think about who's going to be on the practice squad. I agree with you, Spence. Like, I would love to see Andy Isabella. I thought it was very telling what Sean McDermott said about him last week. If you pay attention, the way they talk about guys sometimes, 
Like McDermott said, look, it's not like he's been in four teams and it hasn't worked out. He was with one team and mm-hmm. it didn't work out there. So you go out and sign him and say, maybe he, maybe it just was that fit. Maybe he can just be the best version of himself with us here in Buffalo. And I love that. I think that to, that kind of sells me and Sean McDermott didn't say this. I'll say it. It tells me maybe they just felt he was being used wrong in Arizona and the bills can mm-hmm. figure out the better way to use him. And that's, and, and, and I think the Bills liked him coming out of college based on, you know, the way Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have talked about him. Well, I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, I have season tickets out here to the Cardinals, and um, I, I, the, the offense that they were running, it just – anybody who watched Kyler Murray in this – off or in that offense, and it, it just – it didn't work for even, even uh, Hopkins. It just didn't work. So – it is what it is. And uh, so, look, Sal, man, I thank you so much. Every time we get together, man, it's a pleasure. I absolutely appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to plug right now that you have coming up? I know the season's coming, so I know you you have a ton of content coming out. I mean, I think most people probably watching, listening, know where to find me at Sal Sports on Twitter. Obviously, I'm on WGR 550 Daily. I do the 10 to 12 show, but I'm always doing a morning hit with the morning guys. I'm doing an afternoon hit with the afternoon guys. But, yes, you know. I have this YouTube channel, Sal Sports on YouTube. It's just the same name as my Twitter feed. Um, I've been really trying to grow that. That's where you'll find it's always game day in Buffalo on the video version with myself and Matt Bove that we record. We, we put it out. It's an audio podcast as well. But the video version, you see our faces and you can do it. But I got some really cool stuff planned that I can't really kind of talk about right now that's going to be happening on the YouTube channel. I'm getting close to 5,000 subscribers because I kind of just relaunched it recently. And, you know, it's nice to see those numbers grow. So, Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to Sal Sports. You got the guide to the gridiron with Eric Turner and me. You got it's always game day in Buffalo. You got different shorts that I put on there, and you got some other cool stuff that I got planned coming up as well. Sal is the best, everybody. Make sure you follow him on all the socials. Check out the, the podcasts and all the articles and just everything that he has going on. It's always it's the best. Um, so last week I had Matt and Ryan this this week. Sal, next week we're going to have Nate Geary. So I'm trying to head into the season with some of the best here. So make sure you check all these guys out. The best of the best. Sal, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how we do it. Buffalo Rumblings. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And and put Geary on a time limit, okay? Put Geary on a time limit. Just put him on a buzzer. (laughs) When the buzzer goes off, he's got to stop talking. He won't be able to do it. He's long-winded, man. You got to jump in. You got to have a buzzer. You're right. (laughs) I didn't interrupt you. Thank you, my man. No, you're good. You're good. And everybody, y'all know, as always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills. Code of conduct. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.